0: Welcome to episode 42 of i Board of Football Club. My name is Stephen Cleave, chairman of Kingsley in Town Football Club. And this is the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of how other football clubs run, including, and also tells you about how we run, of our course, ourselves. So it gives you a flavour of all sorts of different things with a whole multitude, really, of different guests. So today is no exception. In a moment, we're going to be welcoming um, Phil Phil Broad from Tunbridge Angels, who is a director of a community-owned club and um we'll talk to him about how he's performed and done since he's it's an interesting interview so i think you'll enjoy it good club tunbridge tunbridge and they've they, they're, they're doing well in terms of crowds and punching i don't know about punching above their weight they've got a huge um uh, well you're going to hear yourself You, you yeah very 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 good indeed um hospitality revenue stream and other revenue streams, which can only um, mean that they're going to be a successful football club for many, many years to come. It's putting that sustainability into football, which is very important. We're aware of doing that. The problem is how one goes about doing it because you've obviously got to have engagement and you've also got to have the facilities, which is um, something that uh, King's Lynn, we, we have some facilities and we do use them far more than people realise. They seem to think, some, some, one or two of my detractors, and there are some of those, um, Seem to think we should be publicising this and telling people what's going on. But well, I you know, to tell someone that we've got, we've got a 21st birthday party today and an 18th birthday party tomorrow is just really not right to do. So we're not going to do that. And but we are generally, you know, most weekends have got stuff going on. Not every weekend, I agree. We've got concerts going on. I think we've got a bank called Deaf Havana coming in soon. We're last gig of their tour and they perform in Germany, and they're coming to us. Um, we've got some little concerts. Hopefully, some good some good names. Lined up for next year, whether we bring them in or not another thing. That's my next job to do once this podcast is over. So there's stuff happening. Anyway, look, let me give you a very brief update on King's Lynn and then I'm going to come back to your more general points because there's lots of news today about um, commercial incomes of various Premier League clubs and also, um, interestingly enough, uh, naming rights has come up with a, with, with some interesting numbers. So we're on, you know, I've got a few of the figures for West Ham and how it works, so I will... Um, go through a few of those with you. Um and, and you know, some bad news as well, obviously with South End being hit with a a winding up petition by HM Re- HM Revenue and Customs. I I I understand well I don't understand I've been told I, you know, that this was expected and it probably will be sorted out but you never know for sure because you're always hearing someone from someone else and until the piper arrives one can never be sure but the you know, difficult times for South End fans and frankly with their crowds and they get fantastic support 5 6000 people um it shouldn't really be happening but I don't know what's gone on behind the scenes but it's, you know, obviously they haven't paid their tax with their VAT, one of the two. Uh, otherwise, um, the HM, HM revenue wouldn't be there. But that's that. Anyway, and also I want to talk to you about streaming rights, which are very, very interesting. Because That's obviously with the Football League coming up today as well. So we'll cover all, cover all those points at the end. Um, what is interesting on, on the Lynn thing, our scoreboard has gone live. It's not completely uh won't be completely all singing or all dancing but it will it will be on there'll be bits and pieces on it we will hopefully be able to do crowd scenes and beam pictures of the crowd back make it a much more in inver- you know immersive kind of uh, experience for people being at the game and um it's cost a lot more than was budgeted for because we didn't realize that we need a new electric cable and then we would need a new score um very very strong steel work to 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 put the put the could we most scoreboards are put onto um buildings you know stands they're they're hung from stands or based on stands and this had to be based in a um, concrete and and steel so it just cost a lot more than we realized but anyway it is what it is it's up it's running it will be on tomorrow but it won't be in its full glory I'm sure there'll be a few people who will delight in telling us so what a waste of time that was but equally um, you know it's we we have to get it going and, and 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 start the process and over over a period of time we will um get it get it get it using you know use it to its full utilization which will be great fa cup tomorrow at king's lynn we've dropped the price big big i wouldn't say it's a gamble from my perspective but we've dropped the price to 10 pounds um it's 10 pounds for anyone to get in a uh, one pound for kids it doesn't matter if you sit you stand it's a tenner or a pound that's all you pay one pound if you're under 16 or 16 and 10 pounds if you're not so it's it's cheap as chips for a fourth qualifying round for those of you not Quite understanding our FA Cup. It goes many, many rounds before four qualifying rounds. But the next round is league is is, is round one. And in round one, the uh, League One and League Two clubs pop in. And in round three is when the Premier League clubs and Championship clubs pop in. So tomorrow is important because if we can beat tomorrow, we're playing Ashington, the birthplace of Bobby and Jack Charlton, a club who haven't lost a game all season, which is quite something. And um, we've got to, you know, they've also knocked out the club already this season from our league in Bradford Park Avenue. So we've got to have our work cut out to beat them. It will be a hard slog, no question about that. We need the fans, we've dropped the price. Um, I've gone through the numbers in my programme notes tomorrow. If anyone's got any interest at all, what I think they need to be to make it worthwhile... And we I, do I expect a bigger crowd than we had against Chorley, which I have to say was diabolical. I was very upset about it. Uh, the crowd, we're top, remember, we're top of the league and it was 800 and something. I accept that Chorley brought down you know, between one to six fans, depending who you believe. But even so. Yeah, you know, we should be getting. We were averaging fourteen hundred when we were top of the league with the National League North. So to average to not even get nine hundred is is you know is is, is poor. Uh, so, but equally, we know that Ashington will be bringing about one hundred and fifty fans tomorrow. So we would expect the gate if we achieve the same gate against Chorley. Which you have to accept you would, could we won that game 2-0, then that would put us over a thousand anyway. But we'd probably have to be somewhere in the region of sixteen to eighteen hundred to even think about doing it again. Um, my view is we won't hit those. I don't know what we'll hit, but we'll see. I mean twelve to thirteen hundred if we're lucky, I think. But let's see, let's see where we are tomorrow and we'll discuss that in a future episode. Um so that's that. The head of community at Kings Lynn has been appointed, which is great. Um, with new head of community, she starts on November the first. Jodie Hopkins. Jodie is familiar to lots of Kings Lynn fans because she's our captain for our ladies team. She also is a qualified teacher. She's got tons of all sorts of qualifications in terms of. Um, sports and in terms of safeguarding and various other things which are all very very important so now we are ready to get up and running and we are launching our walking football team on well, the first thing we're going to do in Ely, um at where the first team train so anyone in Ely that would like to come along and get involved we're going to run the first two or three sessions for nothing uh we'll be putting out some invitations and you know you'll come along and have a little go and see what you think which is um which is great uh, from my perspective, um, where else are we? Um, I'm just trying to think where else we are. Um, uh, what I need to talk to you about? No, I think I think I think that's that's it. I've written down data, but I can't remember why. I think probably because I was talking to the, to Phil about data, and uh, data is quite an important part of football. Uh, and we, we're we're looking at trying to bring in a data system which allows us to actually target supporters, as opposed to using it for football. That's going to actually target supporters. Um, that that perhaps have expressed an interest, but haven't. It's quite expensive. That's the problem. Um, we're talking, well, I say, quite expensive relatively speaking. But we're talking nearly a couple of thousand quid a month, which you know is an employee. So what does one do? But if you don't try these things, you never know. So that's something else we're looking at. But things are going okay. Kingsland, on the pitch, off the pitch. As I say, we've got the, um, we've got we've got some lots of reviews going on behind the scenes. We are. we are helped a lot with Jodie joining us. That would be a fantastic scenario. We're still obviously focused on commercial revenue and we're still focused on trying to put on three or four concerts next year to help with the commercial income. Essentially, we have to become more sustainable because otherwise the football club... um, won't not just can 'cause can't keep going at, at at the level that it is. Now, of course, people people have to understand it can be sustainable, very easy to do that, but it won't be at step two, it will be at step three. And that's the point. Do you want to be a step three club or or not? And I I understand that people will say, why should we come until the team's doing well? Well, the team is doing well. It's top of the league fans should be supporting it more and obviously this isn't at the ones in the stadium it's just the ones outside the stadium and people say well they don't know about it and all this and all that well the reality is most people just look up when their local team is playing it goes to their website and it's there is a fixture list on the website which explains um uh yeah who we're playing and when and what time so it's pretty straightforward i don't see why that's so difficult to do but for those of you that want to come and watch King's Lynn, and it's great football on the pitch with some great goals being scored and it's, they're being shared out throughout the teams. You never quite know who's going to pop up and who what, what the formation's going to be and how we're going to play. We're at home every Saturday in October, other than the last one we're away at Gloucester City. We're also at home on Tuesday the 25th against Banbury. And unfortunately, tomorrow isn't sponsored, but the next two are. So that's all positive news. Anyway, let's move on. Let's bring Phil on, have a chat with Phil about. Tunbridge Angels, and I'll come back to you after that with those other bits which I mentioned. Enjoy the show. A warm welcome to Phil Broad, who's joining us today uh, from Tunbridge Angels. Phil, hi. Afternoon, oh, Steve. How are you? I'm pretty good, actually. So, so surprisingly, for a Friday afternoon. Normally, I'm a little <laughs> yes. bit more frantic, but uh, today I'm not. Have you got a game tomorrow, uh, Phil?
1: Yeah, we're away at Dartford tomorrow in the league. Um, that's going to be a yeah tough game they um they're a, as you know decent decent team and um and they're very near the top so yeah tough game, but we' we we're, we're, we're conf- quietly confident you know we've got a great a great squad um a few boys come um so yeah we'll we'll see what comes but no we we're, we're going to it quietly confident i would say good and, and that's that's i guess is that the big Kent derby for you well, we've got a few, so we've got Dover. Um, would be a big game, and um, and also Welling, who are also doing very well this issue as well. In fact, Welling is our Boxing Day New Year um, double, so I, I think that's probably the if that was the Derby, that would be the one, I guess. That would be the um, one. And that's yeah. owned by
0: Mark, or used to be owned by Mark Goldberg, ex Crystal Palace fame. Is that right? Mm. Is he still yeah, there's, is he?
1: there's been some changes there now. I don't know the full extent of that, but they've um, yeah they they've they've had a real change of fortune. I think in terms of. Um, how they're playing compared to last season they're doing very well um so they're you know, a good a good side and um yeah so that'll be a that'll be a tough a tough week of, of games over that christmas week as it always is but it's um looking forward to that one as well
0: yeah and what what will you expect crowd-wise for your boxing day i don't know if you want home boxing day or away but what would you expect mm. mm-hmm.
1: so we're home boxing day again right. which is good same as same as last year okay um so we i mean we, our crowds have been growing and we've been really really surprised you know we Last year we were we were budgeting on um, 650 for for a game. Um, we averaged 850, mm-hmm. um, so that was a big a big and, and surprised sort of lift. And then from January this year, we've been averaging over a thousand. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see us around that sort of 12, 13, even 1500 mark because Welling's not far away. So I imagine they'll travel quite well. So yeah, it could be 1500 even for Boxing Day. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the same, I suspect, for the um, for the repeat performance. So yeah, it's going to be yeah, a good a good couple of days. Great atmosphere as always, um, but and plenty of noise. Let's hope the um, the game the game you know delivers at the same level. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So what what why is it? Because six fifty to
0: eight fifty—that's a twenty five percent increase. Or there mm. and he's gone again with another twenty new
1: 20 percent on top. Well, how, how have you done that, or is it just happened organically? I think, I mean, I think the, the 650 to the 850, I think, was organic. I think, you know, to some respects and, you know, COVID, I think, helped that. I think it it brought people closer to their local football than perhaps uh, the league football and the teams they would have gone to because it was just easier to, to get to, you know, during that period. So we, we definitely saw an uplift and I think that was part of it. Um, and then with you know, with, with the changes that we've had on the board and, and the aspirations of, of the club that were very public, you know, during last year. Um, I think that's also brought people in. At the end of the day, you know, supporters bring supporters. If they're talking well and enthusiastic about the team they're following, you know, they become our greatest ambassadors. And I'm sure that's a big part of what's happened is that the, the supporters have, have, have enjoyed and, and have been um, excited by what's, what's going on and and consequently it becomes a little bit infectious and and more people come as a consequence so i'm 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 pretty sure that's that's the case too okay and you're not using any
0: i only mentioned this because i've been on calls today with data guys but you're not Mm. using any data kind of programs etc just to try and bring people in that's not on your radar at the moment no
1: we're we're not that technical at the moment um i would say i mean what we have done i mean we're 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 practical um so so this year um for this season And we have provided season tickets to all of the youth um, footballing teams in the area so we've got we've got a lot of youth football in Tunbridge so that's more than a thousand kids in for six up to 18 Um, have now got a season ticket that we've given to them to about a thousand kids on your on your scheme yeah yeah well not on our scheme so there's two two local football clubs okay um Tunbridge Unions and Tunbridge and Victor both independent of the club but but we're increasingly working closely together. Um, but that what they provide in youth football is is significant and is it, and brilliant in the way it's delivered. And you know, we would love to draw them close to the club. So one way to do that is say, we'll come and watch the game and don't let cost be a barrier. Um, so we provided them all with with season tickets this year. And we're we're definitely seeing again an uplift in, in the age demographic of of people coming through as well. So you know bringing lots of young people in. Um, getting getting them to enjoy a game and become supportive at an early age, and and they'll be there for a lifetime, hopefully. Okay, now, out of those thousand season tickets, can do you monitor how many
0: of those actually come, the free
1: one. Uh, yes, yes. There's a, there's a record of um, of what because they had a, a different kind of category of season ticket. Right. Um, I don't know what those numbers look like at the moment, um, but we certainly see, I say the demographic is changing, and from that point of view, it, you know, it was it made sense to to bring those bring those kids into the club, but also. Um, you know, often they'll come with their parents and their parents are paying on the door. Um and that all helps swell swell the numbers, you know, the atmosphere grows, they'll spend a bit of money around the club as well. So it's a win win for everybody in that respect and it's it's really starting to pay off, I think. Sure. So what do you reckon? If you had to guess it, ten percent, fifteen percent do you think you're using the season tickets? Or would you say more? I would I would say probably ten percent at the moment, mm-hmm. um it's early days. Of course. Um but um, I think, it, yeah, over time, it'll grow. And, and a lot of those kids are now training at the club as well, which they haven't done before. So they're experiencing the stadium, both in, in their playing capacity for themselves, but then obviously with, with the first team games that are going on as well. So they're, they, you know, they're, they're being drawn much closer into what is the Angels community um, through, through, through all avenues, which is brilliant. Well, we're going to come on to that because I want to talk to you about that in a sec. Mm. I'll just ask you, do you not think
0: it's a little bit odd? Because I've got this same situation. Let's just say your figure's 10% correct. You've got, nine, mm. that, you know, and, and I know I'm looking at the negative here. I don't want to look at negatives. Yeah. But, but, but that means that 90% of people who are all playing football in your stadium, for, OK, for be for another team, but, but for one with a, a close affiliation with you, that mm. live locally, are football fans because they're playing
1: football, but they're not coming and they've got a free ticket. Doesn't that seem bizarre? It does. I think it's, it's, it's again, you're, you're changing habits. And it's not just, obviously, a lot of the, a lot of the kids are, are young i mean a majority as you go up through the year groups um for youth football you know the numbers are less um you have less teams um but so we we have a policy at the club under 14s need to be accompanied by an adult um so that that could stop and probably does stop one or two or a few just turning up on on their own um um but but for others you know over 15s um come in without without charge so um but and also without their parents um so we, we're seeing it i think it's a great i think it's gonna be a growing a growing position i think you know it's it's not just the kids that want to come but obviously the parents have been used to doing football in the morning a lot, a lot of football goes on saturday morning and then the afternoons you know would be would be their family time and it's you know it's a big ask to you know to take that and and, and transfer that to to the football club and, and enjoy what's going on there. So I think it'll, in time it will grow, I've got no doubt. Um, you know, the wheel, wheels turn slowly sometimes, um, and I think this will be a, a, gradual, um, a gradual growth, but I think a brilliant investment um, into the, the young people and, and the families locally who enjoy, who, who enjoy football, and it will just be that transference of time in no. time. No,
0: I agree. I I, I agree. Well, you're a patient man, and that's good. (laughs) (laughs) So look, just explain I want to go into what you're doing today. That's the more important bit. But you you formed in 1947. Um, Mm. An ex-Chelsea player was your first ever manager, Jack Dunoon. I don't know if you're aware of that, but um, with my Chelsea connection in the past, I was aware of that. But... You were were you Tunbridge Angels when you first formed, or were you something else? Or
1: uh, no, it's been it's Tumbridge Angels has has always been. I mean, the name came from the road on which well, the road, the original ground was on was on a road called Angel Lane, and on the corner of Angel Lane was a hotel called the Angel. Um, so that's that's the origins of, of the name. Um, and then then a few, I think it's, I can't remember what it 1981, I think it was. Um, the, the ground as it was then was was leased from the local authority and they sold it for development so so the club found itself homeless right um, and after quite a lot of work by the by the board and support at that point they 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 found a new home and relocated to where we are today um, up at, up at Longmead um, so the name stuck um, you know, and, and, it's transferred up there. So that's, that's where it, that's where it originated from in, in the first place. So, okay. It's always yeah. been time james was in. It, it, it yes. Stopped. Yeah. Okay. And
0: that was a pretty rotten thing for your local authority to do. I mean, did, were local people not upset about that? And have you buried the hatchet now? Have they come to you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think
1: there's a few people with long memories, particularly those that were dealing with a uh, time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a pretty pretty traumatic thing, isn't it? I mean a football club, mm-hmm. you know, sub- suddenly finding yourself homeless is you know it could be devastating. That could have been that could have been the end of the club. But thank thanks to the resilience of, of the board and and supporters then, um, you know, they took action um and and forced forced the arm really of the local authority to to provide another another venue um for them. And it's you know, it was an integral part of you know, Tumbish life. You know, many generations have been going to watch Dumbage Angels um, for years. In fact, we, we were hosting um, a, a, a chap at the weekend, 70, 74th birthday, um, and he came to his first game and he was four with his father. Oh. Um, so, and likewise, you know, his grandchildren were there as well. So it moves from generation to generation. And that that could have easily have been lost at that point in time. but But it wasn't. There was a, you know, that kind of community spirit ra- ra- rallying together and um, as a consequence you know forced an action that, that provided a new home okay um, so, the, so the council gave you the land did they the new, the new we one. are we, they provide it we're still leasing it we don't own it um it's yeah so there's still always that kind of I suppose thing hanging over you but we keep you know we keep extending the lease um when we can you know there may be a maybe a point in time where, where purchase is possible it's something we'll certainly be looking at in with the plans that we have but at the moment you know we are still you know leasing leasing the ground from the local authority but at, at this point in time they are incredibly supportive of the work that's going on and, and what that provides in terms of of community um down there so yes yeah, so i was certainly in, in very good relationships with local authority at the moment and i don't see any reason why that would change i mean it's 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 such a good work that's going on there it supports all that's going on locally um but, sure. yeah why wouldn't they support it well why wouldn't they exactly i do agree with that uh, sentiment entirely
0: so let let's talk about before we go into your future plan let's talk about the well just not quite the now, just before now because you've put in a 3g pitch i think in the summer just this summer day. yes right yeah um, yeah,
1: so um, when, we, when we first met, which was back in January, uh-huh. um, I think we just released um, the investment proposal um, for the, you know, to raise the funds for the pitch. Um, We've been working on it for you know, as a project since really, since last September um, with the expectation that we would um, try then to, to raise the money over the year and then with the installation being, being next year at the end of the 2022-23 20, season. Yeah. Um, so, so January we released the the, the investment prospectus, um, and were just bowled over by by the response and the immediate response of people wanting to get involved to to see the three G pitch installed. I think it was driven by by a number of things, but uh, and as a as a pitch, it's not been great. It always looks brilliant on match day, and uh you know our grounds our groundsman has done a fantastic job with what he had available. But we could only ever really play one one match in there a week, um, and then it would require a whole load of TLC to get it fit for purpose and ready ready for the next game. So it was always problematic, um, and, and and it suffered terribly a couple of seasons ago, three seasons ago. We lost a number of matches um, through that, um, and as you know, if you lose a match on a Saturday and it reschedules to a Tuesday, the revenue streams um, are somewhat different as a consequence, and that that has a massive impact on the club that. That it's community owned you know there is no you know there's no pockets to dip into to, to to fulfill the gap it's got to be generated so um 3g and our 3g surface was was identified as being you know an opportunity that could not only overcome the 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 issues that we had in terms of hosting the the first team games on a more regular basis but also open up to the community um much much wider for community use um, and obviously all, all the all the things that come with that in terms of um, hospitality revenues, um, you know, potentially new supporters, uh, an increase in, in the facility use, you know, all those positive things that come from from what that 3G installation can do. So, we were amazed within within three weeks of, of that launch, um, we'd raised six hundred and fifty thousand pounds, which which was a significant amount of money towards the overall project cost that's that's six hundred and fifty thousand um, from
0: fans general general that
1: is from yeah from individuals fans um people associated with the club right. um so yeah it's private private investment money and and what was so amazing was that that i mean you know we're we're a community owned club we don't don't really have any asset we don't own the, own the ground, as, as i said before and and that that money was put forward in in in, a, in, a, in an unsecured loan environment it was just incredible i mean that's, they're not
0: buying shares in the club they're
1: just no did no you- no no it's it's really just we you know the, the investment um proposal was that there would be a level of return to for their investment right. um, it was an attractive proposal in terms of what that represented in terms of value um by way of financial return or it could have been through um season ticket and hospitality so there are a number of things in which it could be wrapped up in but it was i mean it was absolutely snapped up and it was incredible um, to the point that we've, you know, we have we had potential investors that we, we had to say, well, no, not at this moment in time, because we've got what we need. Phil, um, why didn't you give
0: them my phone number? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll send them up your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a long way to travel yeah. for a Saturday, yeah. Max, though, as you know, it's a bit of a trek.
0: We'll work out something. We've put a coach on for them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um but yeah. that's this thing, because you 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 anticipated and I'm not I, I only ever say stuff which this is the publicly available stuff, not mm. stuff we've been talk, talked about privately. But you know, project cost seven hundred and three thousand. Was that bang on the money in the end, or was it a little bit over or under? Yeah,
1: so we are in our, the final budget came in about seven seventy. Okay. Um because we replaced the floodlights um as well. Um part of the uh, and in doing so that uh, that disrupted all of the PA systems that that was an opportunity to replace that it was you know it was starting to age um and then we replaced the perimeter fence at the same time again with the pitch coming up that created disruption right. with the fence that was there so we we chose to replace that we replaced the dugouts um and then again around the outside of the the, the perimeter fencing of, of the pitch perimeter fencing that is um again there was disruption in the ground so we've we've done some groundworks there in terms of improving the, um the standing areas for for supporters as well so all, all in all it's about seven hundred and seventy thousand, okay. and um and and we came in a budget in fact just under budget um which on which was incredible over the last six months i mean you, you know you know the volatility of, of of raw materials and energy and all those things that have been going on so it's been it's been it's been quite incredible to 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 be able to deliver that project on you know on time and, and in budget as well so yeah, well, that's, yeah. That, that, that is good. Uh, so well well done for that. And, and the bit I'm in, very interested
0: in, because and I've heard so many varying reports, so I'd love to hear your experience, yeah. but you were, you were budgeting somewhere in the region of 260 grand in your first year. And I know you haven't had probably a year, Yep. so you, you, mm. you had a few months. But are you on target for those kind of figures? Obviously, I know it's going to be slower at the beginning, and
1: yeah, mm. probably you know, the snowball effect will happen. But, but how, how yeah. are those estimates looking? So, that I mean, the estimate we had, so we, we felt that the revenue generation... Um, with the pitch and that's, that's with the pitch and also with, with increasing the hospitality was 240,000 a year. Right. That was additional revenue that we could generate as a club as a consequence of, of higher and of, of more bodies coming through into the facility. Um, what I can tell you is um, the, the trajectory is about right. Okay. Um, and we've also had significant amounts of block bookings um, for pitch hire, um, which by well even before the pitch was completed the the commitment to the block bookings um, covered our investment obligation to those investors in terms of repayments um, over the years so everything that we're doing over and above that um, is revenue into the slush fund because often you know 3 g pitches have to be replaced over a period of time of course. Um, so we have a slush fund um, for that and um, but also of course it's generating revenues back into the club that reflects out in terms of you know the, the not just the playing budget, but of course some of it will go there, but also in terms of the the, the up the update and, and, and upkeep of, of the stadium um, as well. And it, it was getting tired, so there's a lot of work still to do in and around the stadium. But certainly, um, you know, there is the opportunity now to you know to see some improvement um, for the benefit of all those that are using it.
0: Okay, so the block bookings you've got in local schools, colleges—that's that, the key, of the daytime, isn't it? That's the,
1: that's yeah. So we've got. Well, we, so we still don't have any committed, other than the academy. Our academy playing matches on, on a Wednesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Our daytime booking is still low to, to none. Right. Um, it's the evenings um, and weekends where the bookings have, have really taken off. So every evening, Monday to Friday is booked. Um, we have a, a senior team um, playing opposite our first team on Saturday afternoon. Okay. Um, we have the Thames Juniors, who I mentioned, are, are you know a big, a big booker of those of those slots. But we with them and, and for a, a number of years now, we we've, we've been working in association with one of our our Kent Youth League teams. Um, so they, they 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 submit a Kent you know their elite squad, if you like, um, into the Kent Youth team um, in collaboration with Thomas Angels. And so on a Sunday, we've got all of those teams um, playing. Um, on the pitch, so from from nine, I think, or ten, through till um, six on the Sunday, we've got competitive, you know, decent youth team football playing all day, um, okay. which would have been absolute, would have been absolutely impossible um, on the previous pitch. So it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I mean, you can go to the club pretty much any well, you, if you went to club any evening now, or pretty much any time during the weekend, and there is there is football going on, um, and that's from a club that um You know, generally, only had football being played on on a, on a Saturday every other week. Yeah, it's been tra- it's been transformational. And the bar, obviously, as well. That helps people. Yes, afterwards. yeah, we have the, we have the that open. So there's you know when you've got adult teams playing, um you know, it's not unusual to see them using the bar afterwards. Um Parents will be using it. We've got quite a good view to the pitch from the bar area itself. So you know they're in there watching watching their kids train during a week but may have a you know a coffee or a beer um so yeah all it all adds into the into the pot at the end of the day but it's it's utilizing the asset that was already there um just it's being used you know much more um frequently um so the you know the, clearly there's, there's there is some growth in overhead costs but in the most part the asset was sitting there um just needing to be used more um yes. and, and the and the pitch has provided that um that route by which by which it can happen. Yeah. So, you, what do you reckon it will throw off a year?
0: hundred thousand year profit at the end of it
1: all. What the pitch itself? Yeah, the pitch and the bar. And you add it all together in I think it could be higher. Okay. Based on what? Based on numbers that I've seen already, um, I think it could be higher. I and mean, it's it's slightly skewed by by our increase in match day attendance, but you know, some of that increase in match day attendance is a consequence of people using the pitch. Um, and the facility during the week, and, and being introduced to the club for the very first time, so it's all connected. Um, but yeah, we've set, yeah, you know, we've we've set some pretty ambitious targets for our for our for our income streams, and and in fact, we had a board meeting last night, and and it's looking it's looking like our, you know, our our best estimates as it was then, but that translates into a budget, and you know, we're tracking that. It appears we've we've got it just about right, and in fact, maybe maybe slightly conservative in reality. So um, yes, so yeah, so it's a, yeah we're all, all very positive in the way that's that's translating into revenue into the club in a way that we'd expected. Okay, and if you get into, if you
0: were to get yourself up into the national league and then hit those pl- heady playoffs for transition, two- mm. what what will you do then? Because then you a dilemma, aren't you? We're Sutton United, well, but just up the road. We, with you, that's,
1: that's yes, a mm. it's a dilemma. I think it's a ridiculous dilemma, personally. Um, I know there's a, you know, there's there's a number of clubs um, and club owners that, that find it incredulous that they would have to pull up, you know, a pitch, um, to put grass down to go into the league. And in, in, a lot of respects, potentially cut off an entire income revenue stream, um, for the privilege of doing it, which, which doesn't make any sense. Um, and moreover, you know, many, many league clubs, um, are, are training on artificial surface. Um, many cup games, um, will be on artificial surface because of the nature of lower league clubs competing with, with higher league clubs, um, it's a it's a position that that needs to change. I think it's. I, I know um, Oliver Oliver and Mason is a big, you know, a big a, a, a big voice in this, and it is. And I have every, you know, every every ounce of support towards what he's trying to achieve because it just does not make any sense. Um, why why you should have to pull up your pitch um, and put grass back down as a consequence of the formation for the National League into the Football League. Have, you, have you heard anything
0: about it at all? Being, is there any movement? Have you heard
1: or well, there's there's always movement, um, you know, but it needs to translate into action, um, and, and ultimately that's down to the um, to the Football League, you know, that that are the ones who will who will say yay or nay at the end of the day. I mean, even, even if there was a, a longer transition period, so whereby if you get promoted, you've got you know some grace period rather than you know literally having to deliver it over the course of a you know close season. Um, would be a step in the right direction but ultimately I think it you know I, it, it doesn't make any sense to me um, why the surf and bearing in mind that the quality of the surfaces are you know are probably in the most part you know, better than grass in some in, you know in, in a lot of contexts it's consistent um, it's you know the technology that's going into these playing surfaces now is is huge um, you know, all across Europe, artificial surfaces being used right up to the highest level. Why not in the um, Why not in the, in the uh, in the football league here in the UK? Yeah, uh, d- did Dartford play on 3G or not? I can't remember. I don't think. I think they're on grass. Oh, I can't right. remember. Okay, but got, I think they're on grass. Yeah,
0: they got 3G pitches near them from memory. Yeah, I can't. Probably. Remember. Yeah, yeah. That's what they are. So obviously, I'm just looking at your league. Actually, it's all Kent-based. Fleet top with an incredible record so far. Yeah, they're doing league. brilliantly, aren't they? Yeah, and they're Kent, aren't they? Owned by a yes, rich Q eighty uh, is he Q not Q eighty is he? He's from uh, Qatar, uh, certainly from that area of the world. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I can't remember now. Um, yeah, and then Chelmsford, uh, they're they're M twenty five Dartford M twenty five. There's a few, is not there? Weddings, as you say, yourselves, Braintree are a million miles away from you. So there's a lot, there's a lot of competition, which is good for Gates, I guess, because you must get good good away support. What, what's your average away support in that league? Would you any idea?
1: Oh, it does vary, Blimey! It's yeah. um, I would say you know for for a decent. I mean, when we played Maidstone, for example, because they were in our league last year, yeah. Um, you know they were travelling in you know two or three hundred even. Yeah. Um, it, other other clubs it could be you know thirty to fifty. Um, sometimes. Um, it just I think it depends on the competition and it depends on the um, on the location. Or what we have at, at Tumbridge Angels is brilliant parking. that is... Because and that if there was any if ever there was an advantage of being moved out of town, yeah. that is the only that is the only advantage is that we've got, you know, free parking for hundreds of cars right next to the ground. Um there are very few clubs that can offer that to away away supporters and it makes the whole traveling experience um that much easier. Um and I think the easier you make it for for fans to travel and, and to be present at an away game, the, the more likely they are to do so. Yeah. Um Yeah, so that's good. So tell me what's the future plans for uh Tunbridge? What what you got lined up? Well, the we're just starting to to scope what we'd call phase two. So our buildings, you know, are are tied, they've they've certainly served their purpose, no question about it. Um, um, but it's time to to upgrade. You know, we've we need to improve our changing facility, um, and and have more changing rooms because you know, when you've got um, teams coming on off the pitch um, having one set of changing rooms doesn't work no. and you need at least two okay um, we need to upgrade our, our referee changing facility um, so we've got you know more, more than one one room for the rest to go in um, so we're looking to Im- improve all of the buildings over time um, but but in a strategic way so we're going to the thought is that we're going to plan for you know the entire development and then break it back into phases and um, some of which is fundable um through through grants some of which will have to seek private investment um, and then there'll be other opportunities as well but but the goal the goal is to is to see the, the whole ground um upgraded uh, with new facility that that both delivers for the football club um, it has to generate income during its you know we don't want to build anything or put anything in that that sits there simply for for saturday football it has to it has to generate a return um, and that's that's the absolute you know key thing with a with a club like ours. You know, it's community owned. We have to be sustainable, and everything we do mm. has to deliver a value in some way, shape, or form. Um, and often that comes in the monetary value um, by by making a facility available to others, um, whatever that might be. So, for example, you know when we when we put new changing rooms and changing facilities in, we want to add in um, new physio. Um, facility you know a to support the first team and to improve that for them but also to create a facility that can be let out and used by other physios during the week um so that it can become a center of you know of excellence for for all sport and for rehabilitation whatever that might might be and for whatever sport that might be so yeah not not just looking at things in a in a in a linear fashion to to um answer an individual or immediately but actually looking at how does this how does this look like on, you know, on a wider scope? How will this benefit us as a club? How would it benefit the wider community? And how do we make it generate a return? Okay, and do you do? You, I mean, commercially wise, income in total. Would you say
0: you're generating like a hundred grand a year, two hundred grand? I mean, very broad brushstroke figures. Yeah? Um, in terms of the overall club. Yeah, but not including your 3G pitch. Yeah, just taking that out. Yeah.
1: Um. Oh, I would. I mean, our commercial. If If you want, if you include commercial. Yeah um so sponsorship um yeah. in all its forms and then if you add into that the hospitality um mm-hmm. as well i think we're probably looking at around about 400,000 really that's a huge yeah isn't it so yeah. hos- hospitality is you know is over 300,000 um and our, what do you to be hospitality rent- are you so that will about- be that'll oh. be rent that'll be bar sales that will be the rent out facility. I mean, you may remember when you are there. We've got we've got a really big marquee um, that sits behind the um, the north stand. Um, it's a fantastic facility, and um, so we host weddings there, parties there, um, any number of things, and indeed events that we organise ourselves. So um, there'll be there'll be events there throughout the World Cup. Um, you know, just things that will will bring people into the club. Uh, we can give people a really good, a good experience, and obviously the it's 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 revenue generated at the same time. So so the marquee, you know, as part of our overall hospitality offering, again, has been something that has been there for a while, and it's just starting to really come alive and and start to really deliver on its on its I think potential um, in terms of revenue income for the club.
0: Yeah, so that's a, So oh yeah, huge, isn't it for you? So so 400 there, 100 on the on the 3G. Couple of hundred, mm. 300 on gate receipts, probably. I guess, yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and then, so you're probably you're, you're probably not far off a million pound turnover business now, would you say? Yeah,
1: and that's been significant uplift, you know, from season to season, you know, from and uh, if you if you it's a, it's the a, it's the three G that's facilitated a lot of that, you know, it's the the board approach to the facility that we have in terms of how do we, um, as I said before, how do, how do you how do you make the asset that you you have available you know you know deliver the greatest return for you um and that's what we've really been pushing and and um that brings people and it brings money into the club that then filters through into all the other things that we we've been talking about in terms of the improvements that we have in terms of you know some some growth in the playing budget um and the upgrading facility
0: yeah no it's very 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 impressive and it's yeah i mean it's 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 interesting. They're putting, they're putting another 3G pitch into Kings Lynn, but they're, they're mm. not putting it into the football club. I mean, they're putting it in. I mean, I, I've asked for it to go into the football club. Yeah. Said, Look, come on. Um, you're putting it on a, an outside area where there has been significant local opposition because it's where they walk their dogs. and you know, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So obviously, why is it going in there? And the, um, I've asked the Norfolk FA, because a lot of FA's generally favour their football clubs. And I just said, why not? And I've asked the council they are. They are asking the questions i don't know why they're all so hell bent on not doing it but it basically oh. it's 90 percent funded and um we've had a thing back today or not today it was yesterday actually from uh the, the council owned uh, operator yeah of the uh, of the of, of the pictures and they, they said to yeah. cost us about four thousand pound a week in rent in terms of renting it for our academy yeah kids because we've yeah. got like you we haven't got we haven't got a thousand kids but we've got 250 yeah. so um you know, it seems bizarre that we would have to pay a huge amount of rent out um, instead of actually to the council. Yeah, instead of actually yeah. um, be, being the obvious recipient for the three G pitch, which obviously would help the, it would obviously get also get the council, get me off the council's back. Yep. Yeah, bringing them up all the time. Yeah, and, and I,
1: I think, think the, and again, I think it's, you know, it's short sighted not to consider that because what, what that generates again in terms of community, um, opportunity within, you know, kids love kids love football, people love football now you've got young kids that uh, are football training or, or playing the games in, in a stadium environment. I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing experience for them. Yeah. Why wouldn't you provide that? Um, it doesn't make any sense not to have those collaborations and, and be working much closer together because ultimately it's for the benefit of everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that has to be the outcome. And, and it, you know, if there are things that get in the way, then that's a shame because you know, the local authorities are there you know, for the benefit of the community. Um, the football club is there for the benefit of the community, and if they can work together for the benefit of the community, it's an absolute win-win. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, I agree. Well, it's been it's been it's been very interesting, and um,
0: obviously what we have forgotten to tell people, of course, at the beginning of this, uh, we first met when. Kingsley, of course, came to your yeah. place in the FA Trophy, and you probably yes. dumped us out of the competition. I mean, I thought we should have had a penalty that day. Don't... I, mean, I know we had some afterwards to determine who was yeah. going through. But what do you know? I, think? I, th- we have a I
1: think I think we agree on that. Yeah. Um, it's um, why don't I ref give us was... penalties?
0: I'd, I'd like to know why.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know either. I don't know. You you definitely <laughs> dipped out. I mean, I've seen a few few of your your sort of um, calls of no penalty, and I think you definitely missed out on a few last year. Yeah. Um, and I and I guess that's. That's the way seasons go. Sometimes, I mean, it's mm. it was a tricky. Clearly, it was a tricky season for you. And I don't think we dumped you out of the FA the FA Trophy. I mean, I mean it was a. You know, we went to penalties at the end, so it was a pretty close run. And um, yeah, a pretty clo- close. In fact, it was the we three penalty shootouts that we had. That was the only one that we won. Or was it? Um, So you just, you just must have had a bad day. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> we got
0: your. Um, yeah, I mean, it was one-one the game for the Josh Barrett scored. Yeah. Back. Tommy Wood equalised for you, and then it went into yeah. extra time, and nothing could, nothing happened. We, we, yeah, it was a good game of football. It was quite entertaining for any neutral
1: fans that were there. Not I think so. Yeah. yeah. But now look, look what, look what I mean. Yeah, clearly you're in the, in the north now. But you know you're riding high. What a difference a season makes. I mean. Yes, well, we had the, we had
0: the wrong we had the wrong players in the wrong positions. I mean, slightly, yep. And we had some wrong yeah. players at the football club. We're now being shifted on and mm-hmm. wrong for us, maybe not necessarily. So, yeah, and the, and the man, obviously the manager was there when you were there, but he has it takes a while to turn around a a shift. Yeah. You know? so. Well, I'm
1: just looking at your um, at this table now. So, based on your point position um, that you are now for 11 games, if you carry on with the same average, you know, you'll win the league with more points than. Um, than it was um, was it Stockport did last year? Were really? we? Um, yeah, nice. So yeah, that's a little, little stat for you. Yeah, you'll finish you know, on, if you carry on the same average, you'll get ninety six points. Well, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. So, I
0: mean, um, it, we we played some good football this season. We, we, we you know it's it's great to watch. Um, and it's exciting and it's it's everything that people want. We I mean tomorrow our prices are ten pounds to get in for the FA Cup against. Dan. Yeah. What happened to you? You got dumped out by a team I've never heard of. Another one I've never heard of.
1: Yeah, I th- yeah. Well, I mean it was a it was. It was embarrassing. It was, you know, they they clearly did their homework well. Um, they they they. It was a grass pitch. Everything that they everything they did was was to, was to, you know, as always, to win the game. So leave the grass slightly longer. You know, we didn't play well, and there's right. no question about it. Um, I mean, where is Binfield? I've never heard of Binfield. Binfield? Is? is in is in, um, Sussex. Oh, okay, okay,
0: okay. So,
1: but yeah, I mean, credit where credit's due. At the end of the day, you know, they they did us on the day. Um, and that's all that counted, you know, as it does with with cup games. It's all on the day, and if if you don't turn up and um, and perform, you're going to get spanked. And we did. Yeah. Um, it's and a lesson, it? it is, but it was the same last year. You know, we we had the same same experience, unfortunately. So who, who, you know, we we didn't have a good run last year? I don't know what happened to you. No? It was Hayes and Yedin was another. I think yeah. it was four one or five one, something like that. So you know, it wasn't a. You know, a scrape. You know, just no. that we were just beaten. We were comprehensively beaten. And another um, ex-Chelsea player as manager there, Paul Hughes. Okay. <laughs> so, so well, yeah. So we don't. Yeah, you know, our FA Cup yeah. um, runs are not great. We, we clearly we did better in the Trophy last year. Um, in fact, we we went lost to penalties to Bromley, who went on to win it, of course. Um, so um, yeah, you could yeah. yeah so we, for that we did all we did okay in the in the trophy. Um, hopefully, we'll do okay this year as well. It's nice to nice to have a bit of a cup run because for us again we don't budget for um, cup games. So that that really does and, and can make a difference to you know to the fortunes of the club with a decent cup run. Um, and it's, it's and they're great competitions to be in. Um, they're just a little bit different. Some I think sometimes a bit more exciting than league football. Um, they yeah. just just has a bit of an edge to it. Exactly. But well, I've written about the FA Cup. In my, I don't
0: know if you ever read my... You've probably got better things to do, but you know the column I write for the EDP, yeah, mm. um, on the uh, on the week. Well, I, I only write it when we're at home, yeah, the, the day before, on a Saturday. So I, it's all about the FA Cup tomorrow and t- talking about exactly that, yeah, which is yeah. Uh, um, Which my, my main thing is that if you play one of the Champions League or Europa League or any of those cups, you can have lots of bad performances, have two or three bad results and still be in the competition. Whereas, still be in it, yeah. You can't do that in the FA Cup. You're out. Yeah? No. It's, uh, yeah. So um, that's what makes it, makes it fun. Um, I, 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 ACDC, by the way, uh, I, I used to ask guests always about ACDC, whether they liked ACDC or not, <laughs> the rock band, and I've kept um, forgetting to do it. What do you reckon, Phil, ACDC? Um,
1: I'm not adverse to it. I oh, would yeah. happily listen to it. I would happily, would have happily gone and watched um, um, the main concert. I love, you know, I love music. I love live music particularly. So, yeah, I I don't have a particular um. um area of music but I, you know i would yeah i would happily
0: yeah you've got to go watch them you got to go I've, I've seen them live several times and if there is another tour that's always a big if of course with them because mm. you never quite know but if they are going to do it if they do another tour it's 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 worth seeing but, although it does muck up as i put in my program that or maybe the edp article that that if um it, once you've seen them it does muck up future concerts because you're always comparing <laughs> them
1: <laughs> well i mean they're of an era where live music and 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 stage—I mean, they're stage shows, aren't they? As, as well as live music events, Absolutely. they are—they're incredible. So, um, yeah, it's like you say when you go see them, perhaps you get a little bit spoiled, and, and the expectation goes um, goes to the roof. But you know, it's it's the same as I guess going to the theatre and watching a show, and then maybe watching a you know, a movie interpretation sometime later. It's never quite the same. Never quite the same. No, it's
0: all a bit of a spectacle uh, at ATDC mm. which is always good. But also with the energy and passion and rawness and none of his meet and greet stuff. You can't buy a meet and greet yeah. and you know they're not interested in maxing out every penny. They're just interested in putting on a show, and I think that's what yeah. lasted the test at
1: top. And those kind of shows, are, you know, those are yeah. kind of shows where you know when you walk out, where you're you're wearing more beer than you've drank, you know it's been a good day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which is often what happens. Well, hopefully we we'll get to do it together one day. You never know. Yeah,
0: love to. Nice. Yeah. that will be nice. Well, I appreciate your time. I won't keep any longer. Um, but, you know, thank you. It's been, been a pleasure. Star, and uh, we'll speak soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take care. Thanks, Phil. Good luck tomorrow. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. You too. Yeah, take care. You. Bye. Bye-bye. bye
0: Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that. Great chat. Good guy, Phil. Enjoyed my good joy meeting him a lot. And we've stayed in touch ever since because I've been following how they've been doing their 3G um not experiment but their 3g raise and pro- finance capital raise and introduction of their artificial surface there um, it's something we've looked at at kingsley and I was trying at some point to get as a, as I mentioned on it to get the council to put the second pitch into into the football club um I still think it's the natural place for it to be and let's know yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen but who knows let's see um if anything moves forward in that direction anyway let's move on A couple of more interesting issues in the news today, or interesting issues, I should say. Uh, Streaming is becoming a big thing with the Football League. Now, this is all very interesting because, essentially, the money that is generated by the Football League by the current contract, I think, is about £119 million a year, which most clubs aren't very happy with. They think they should get more. They think there should be more games being shown. And hence, more games equals more money. Now, my belief has always been in this that... Eventually, every football club, especially in the Premier League, are not going to want to share their incomes very. You know, that that's the problem. So, I've had this conversation, you know, in a kind of roundabout way with the National League. And their, their, you know, their situation, I mean, Wrexham have been talking about it, and it's, to be honest, it's been going on a long time since before Wrexham has mentioned it. But the problem is, is that Club A comes turns up, let's just call it Manchester United, and they say we're a huge club, therefore we don't want to share our revenue with Bournemouth, for example. We want to keep it all for ourselves. And that's the same thing as what's going on in the National League. They don't want to split it evenly, they want to keep the whole lot. Now, you can understand both sides of the argument. Both sides have probably got a point, but nevertheless, it's it's a, a, a possibly a, a deal-breaker of some sort. I don't know. So I don't know how they resolve it. There is a very complicated way that they, the iFollow system works where you get certain amounts goes to the home club and certain bits goes to the away club. It's not worth I think I have dealt with it on a previous issue, a previous episode, sorry. But with this, this whole thing here, the idea is, I understand, looking at it, that they're going to stream every single game and you just pop on and just choose the game that you want. Now, whether you pay a monthly fee for doing that or whether you pay a subscription per game or whether there's a mixture of both, which it probably will be, um, remains to be seen. But I can see that you know, down the road that all clubs will control, you know, what I, I see a complete reversal of how, at the moment, you have a football club in the Premier League, which employs, which 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 sells the rights to, let's just say Sky. I know there's other people involved in the process, but Sky predominantly. Sky then produce a nice show, and they pay they pay Manchester United obviously a, 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 an amount per season, and then an extra amount if they appear on so many times on the on the program. So, all very well and good, but what I think will happen is that it will it will work the other way round that uh, Manchester United won't sell the rights anymore to um, Sky. What Manchester United will do is they'll keep the rights, but they will employ someone like Sky to produce the programme for them. So they'll put on a nice bit of content, they'll bring in the... Maybe bring in the um, some of the presenters, and they'll make it a you know jazz. The quality of the program is very good, and the cameras, and you know you've probably got over twenty cameras now. in most football matches, it's a lot of a lot of kit and a lot of you know a lot of a lot of software and content. So. And and they'll be paid a match fee for doing that and maybe they'll be used to distribute highlights and other things, you know, later on down the road. But that's how I see the whole thing going. Now, this deal, which is just, is not is not the Premier League, it is the football league, so it's leagues one, two and the championship. And what we're seeing is that they are gonna to go to the Football League and, and obviously stream every game, although I don't believe the streaming will start this season, I believe it's going to start in the next year or two. Now, there is a problem with all this, and the main problem with this is that, of course, UEFA have a block on all three o'clock kickoffs being, um, be, be, no, no game at three o'clock is allowed to be actually screened anywhere. So you you can get around this if the two opposing clubs or the two clubs playing to, due to play each other both agree to play at a certain time. Let's say we were to ring up Ashington tomorrow and say let's kick off at midday. I think they tell me to get stuffed, seeing as they've got to come all the way down from Newcastle. But if they were to agree, we could kick off at 12 o'clock. I don't even think we would need league permission as long as both sides agree to it. And I think the league would probably let that happen. So that could happen. But of course, if one side says no, it it doesn't happen. But at three o'clock at the moment, there is a UEFA block. It's not just in the UK. I believe it's European wide. No games can be streamed at 3pm. I know people have got dodgy cards and they do watch them uh, abroad, but I I think they're meant to be for other markets, not for European markets. So what would have to happen to reverse this is that the FA would have to go to... Uh, UEFA and lobby for this rule to be dropped, which is you know, extraordinary that that would be that easy, but I'm not saying that it wouldn't be. It's pos- quite possible that this could happen. And um, and, then that, and then that would be it. And then they'd be able to do it. And, of course, if they drop it for the Football League, they'd have to drop it for all leagues. And then what happens then, I don't know. So whether this is good for non-league football, it remains to be seen. Uh, when I know that some clubs have very, very good streaming revenues. You've only got to look... Uh, um, I had a conversation this week with a with a National League club who did brilliantly well. I was looking at their figures and thought they were quite good, so I rang them up and asked how and they, they had enormous and it wasn't a big club, I have to have to add, but they had enormous streaming income. Uh, far better than what we had. So it just depends on your support, whether they want to watch it, I guess. But um, I can understand when you've got lots of XRs around the world, it, it certainly is a very good idea to have it. But equally, a lot of those, those, those games are already screen-streamed. But anyway, I can understand what I'm trying to say. Clubs want to control their own market and their own rights. And of course... The the, the the one thing in it, of course, is that Man United if they don't play Bournemouth, they don't have a Premier League. So they aren't going to, be to play just the big clubs every week. So they, they do need willing participants. And therefore, there should be some sharing of revenue, surely. But whether that's split, which it will be split, of course, predominantly in the big clubs' favour, because it's money talks in football. Uh, that's how it is. So that's what will happen. But there we have it. Um, interesting, nevertheless, that this is moving forward at what seems to be quite a pace. I think it's maybe not for next year, maybe the year after, but be interesting to see. So, that's it on that. Um, on the other side of things, the um, uh, what we're looking at is obviously new um, naming rights happening. And, and I was looking at commercial deals as well. There's such a big gap. If you take Newcastle United, their commercial income in their latest set of accounts is 20.8 million. 20.8 million. When you compare Manchester City, it's 271.7 million. So, it's a £250 million pound gap. And of course, how clubs get around this—it's—it's it's very interesting how it works. Because everyone says, sort "Well, of, how can Chelsea spend so much money?" and blah blah blah. Well, how it, how they do it is very simple. If you take a player for a hundred million, make it easy, um, and they sign him on a five-year deal. Or well, Chelsea have been signing players recently on seven-year deals, so it's, it's it's even better for the club. But let's just say you take it on a five-year deal to make the maths easy, because it can't divide uh, you know, hundred into seven. Uh, hundred and five, I can do that's 20 million. So what they then do is that doesn't cost them 100 million up front off their profit and loss account. It, take, it costs them 20 million in, in one year, 20 million the next year and so on for five years. Now, if they sell a player, the entire profit is booked on year one. So let's say they have a player like, I don't know, a player you've never heard of who they've managed to take from their, from their youth academy and they've managed to get 15 million for him then that 15 million all gets booked in year one, even if, well, you can have it booked in year one, let's say, even if it's achieved and not paid over year one, it will be maybe paid over three years, which is often how these things happen. But it it can all be booked. So what that means is artificially, you can look like you've got significant profits, uh, because you can be booking the whole lot of revenue sales in one year, and And running out the costs over a five-year period, and the other interesting thing, of course, is when you do sell a player. Let's just say um, halfway through his contract. Let's say you bought one for a hundred million. He's three years through. He's on the books now. He's only worth forty million, and you sell him for eighty. Then, then in actual fact, you and me might believe. Well, you've bought him for a hundred you sold him for 80, you've lost 20 million, but not on that booking, the way accounts work, you actually wouldn't have uh, achieved that. You'd actually made the, um, if you sold him for 80 and, it, and he's got two years left on his contract and, and it's 40 million in the book, you've actually made 40 million and that 40 million pound profit therefore gets booked um, as well. So it's very difficult to work out what real, I mean, it's not very difficult, you just have to sit down and go through every figure, but it, but it what I'm saying is it's very easy to, to blur the figures and make it look like you're making a lot more money than you actually are, when in reality, um, the logic... Is slightly different, but in accounting logic, accounting the accounting world, you can come up with any figures you want to. So, there you have it. So that's how Chelsea are getting away with spending so much money, and um, and obviously Newcastle are quite far behind. Now, a lot of that was the Mike Ashley effect. People not wanting to put money into Mike Ashley's businesses because it means they're associated with him, and he didn't have the greatest rep up in the northeast, shall we say? Maybe um, that will now change. Um, whether you could argue in Saudi Arabia the the reputation better or worse than his is up up to you, you. I'll let you worry about that. But it's interesting. So therefore, there's the there's the latest um, uh, figures. And 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 the other interesting thing which I found fascinating is the is the naming rights. So West Ham are looking for a naming rights for London London Stadium now, and so at Tottenham and Spurs are now without having having achieved any for some time have now got Google, Amazon, and you know apparently an Asian person I don't know who or company looking at it but obviously Spurs will be looking at how it would dovetail into their commercial world so will they be able to speak through this person into more homes via Amazon or Google um, etc so maybe they would take slightly less if it was more beneficial in that in that way I'm sure they would and the other interesting thing about the West Ham deal of course is that as I understand it the they've got a lease on the stadium of course the I forget the actual name of the Corporation, but essentially, you know, it's a corporation which is city government-based. I guess eventually uh, own the actual stadium, and they lease it to West Ham. They get the first four million of any naming rights deal. So, if it was to go for ten million, I understand as I understand it, the first four million would go to 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 their landlord essentially, and then the six million would then be split. So, West Ham would actually only achieve three million out of that ten million. So there you go. And I can't see them getting, I know they're talking about 20 million, but I'll be amazed if they get anywhere near that figure. I will eat my hat. So um, it's not likely to happen. So that's that. Um, uh, that's it, really. That's all you're, you're up to date. As I mentioned, bad news, things going on at South End. I haven't looked into it from South Southend supporters' uh, side of things. I doubt very much I'd have it be successful getting him on the show, so I won't, I'm not even going to bother trying. But it isn't, um, obviously, it's not, um, Should we say, it's something that's gone on, it's been on and off there for a long, long time. And I know they've been trying to change owners and I know he's got a new stadium, which has been talked about ever since I've ever followed South End, which I'm, I'm going back many, many years now, probably 30 years. So whether it actually is now going to come into something or not is, remains to be seen. We shall see. But there we go. That's it. Um, the show will not be on next week, but it'll be on the week after. I'm not sure who we'll have on as guests. I have asked a couple of people. They've said they'd do it, but we'll have to wait to see um, which one does. And we will get the show out uh, on, a, on a fortnightly basis, as I promised you we would do. Thanks for the nice comments I've received. Remember, you can send me through an email. If you want to chat, uh, question, I think about it, you can do it on this site directly. I'm not actually sure if you can now. They may have changed it, so I might take that back. But you can e- email me at chairman at kltown.co.uk. And if anyone knows, I have had my, not my, my number hacked, but I keep getting calls from people who say they've had calls from me on my mobile, which obviously I haven't called them. I don't know how they've done it. Well, I know how they've done it. They've obviously sent out some mass phone call with my number I don't know why they would bother having my number because it just rings me and doesn't ring them so I don't get the purpose of it but if anyone knows how I can switch it off I would be very grateful to know because it's driving me all I do is block the calls but it just does interfere a lot with your day as you can probably imagine Chinese bot is what I understand it is because most of the people that ring me are Chinese. Um, I can tell that well, while they're speaking. So there we go. Um, I do explain it to them and they're very polite and considerate. But the point is we need, to, uh, we need to stop it because it's taking up far too much time. Anyway, there we go. Enjoy your weekends. The FA Cup fourth round qualifiers are on us tomorrow. Um, for those of you are involved, I hope your team progresses unless it's Ashington, in which case, I hope you have a very nice time and you get a big crowd and we can give you as much of a a larger check as possible to at least enjoy it. But um, I'd be grateful if you didn't knock us out, but I'm sure you're not going to listen to me. I'm sure you'll do your best to make sure that you do. Anyway, take care. Enjoy yourselves. See you soon. Bye-bye.